you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek football program. Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones, Handsome Hank, and I conduct a Game of Thrones draft. We also are talking about running backs, Sam Bradford, and beyond. Check us out, iTunesNFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL podcast. Call the fight. It's the best podcast around. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, I love it. I agree with that. Matt Money-Smith <laughs> with the money drop there. It's the best pod. His opinion, too, and he's close friends with quite a few other podcasters around here. Yeah, and the former manager of the Irish alt-rock group, the Cranberries. So fit that into the narrative as well somehow. If you must. That's an amazing career. I mean, that's it's taken him a long time, I would say, to surpass that. That's an amazing achievement. What? Money was the manager of the Cranberries? By the way, we should Money should come in to do an episode with us. I've asked him several times. Well, he has an afternoon very busy radio guy. show yeah. around when we tape. So. Great show, too. Um, when you have a voice right, that sounds like the, you know, the offspring of Tom Brokaw, your career is made for you. Uh, he does have Golden Pipes. Good show today. Zombie, zombie. The worst. I got dying condor. The worst song in human creation. I used to. That was better than old Dolores did it. My favorite singing voice is Wes. I love when Wes sings. With their tanks and their bombs. (laughs) Wes's pitch and tone is unbeatable. Uh, But hearing Greg drop the zombie there. Not Not again. Former front man for Delaware. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You're bringing out those chops that are so famous. And again, if you do have any any um, history of Delaware, which was Greg's Prague uh, goth rock band in the late not 90s. true. The, when we had the meetup, people thought that was really a true thing that I was in a goth band. Not it was. True. It is true. It was not a goth. We've band. seen the images. Of you, you were on, dressing like a goth. You take you know tickling the ivories. 
<laughs> as you sing about doom and gloom in um, suburban Massachusetts life. We remember this. But what we need is actual uh, audio footage of your career. So if anyone, and I know there are people that listen to this show that have ties to Greg from back home, please reach out to us. Hit me up at Twitter. Uh, we will make sure to make it worth your while. Even Greg's family. I mean, various members of your family listen to this show. They've got the goods. They so definitely don't have the goods. How are they? they don't have photos of you when you were a youth? We need, but what we're looking for now is actual. It's unusual. They definitely the master recordings, if you will. Greg, did they have a youth? You know how Prince had the had the vault uh, that has all his recordings that were unreleased. Mm. Somewhere in Martha's Vineyard, there's a vault, <laughs> a more valuable vault <laughs> than the Prince vault. Yes, that has all of Delaware's recordings. Yes or no, Greg? That could not be less true. <laughs> I barely had it. They definitely never heard it then, much less now. Okay. All right. Today's show is a good one. Um, uh, we uh, pre-show grade. Pre-show grade B plus. <laughs> of course. We exceeded the pre-show grade on Monday show, I thought, and some of the listeners that got back to us uh, believe so as well. So <laughs> we could, what you don't want to do, Wes, is uh, remember the – tell you a little story, Wes, about – Don't go Vince Young dream team on me. Here. The 2011 Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> uh, known as the dream team. You don't put yourself in an A+. How did before. I know where you were going? Because well, we don't want to dream team ourselves. Well, we could go B minus. You could go even lower. Uh, yeah, but th- but I believe in the show. See, that's why B plus is a nice place for us. You found a good spot. I would love to get Vince Young on the show. By the way, imagine if he was just like regularly a part of the show, Gil- like, eighty I, times a year. I bet <laughs> I Gil Gil Brandt, uh, who works at the NFL, of course, could hook that up. He once he once called me up, Gil Brandt, when I was working for the NFL out of my apartment in New York. Said, "Hey, Greg, um, would you like to talk to Vince Young?" <laughs> and and Vince Young was doing a workout that day for NFL teams. He was trying to make a comeback, and I and I said sure. And this all happened within 15 seconds, no warning. And he hands the phone to Vince Young, <laughs> and I was on the on the phone with Vince Young. You can find this article somewhere in the wow. NFL.com archives. Did you in the article? Did you get into how it all happened? Uh, I think I did. Yeah. I think I mentioned. I feel like it would be a missed the opportunity problem. if yeah. you didn't. Yeah. Um, okay. Today's show. Um, we are going to get into the news around the NFL. Um, that's why we're called the Around the NFL Podcast. Uh, also, uh, today is a big NFC North Day. So if you're a fan of the other divisions in football, shut off your podcast after the news because we're not going to be talking about anybody else. <laughs> that's how you sell it. But the <laughs> NFC North. I am warning you with peace and love to turn off this podcast after the news if you are expecting anything else other than NFC Nor- North Power bombs. Because we're going to get into it. Because Greg Rosenthal wrote a killer piece, uh, part of our series that will be rolling out over the next few weeks. Projected starters for the NFC North. Headline, Bears on the Rise. And that didn't sit well with everyone in the NFC North. So we're going to get into that. Greg's starting some heat. Very polarizing day for Greg Rosenthal. And you know, Wes, you know as well as I do. And Mark, obviously, as well. Greg's always starting heat. Whether he's always honking in the news, honking. You could hear Greg doesn't sit near us exactly in the newsroom, but we could always hear him. He was honking at somebody right before we came up for the podcast. Tyler Dragon, who's honking about, I think, the Thunder not having a chance in the playoffs. Well, after game one, yeah, he said they had no chance, and I tried mm-hmm. to get a sandwich prop that they would win at least uh, two or three games. That's the ideal Greg proposition. Yeah, it's the ideal Greg target. Yeah, so yeah, you're, you're honk, bro. You honk. It's okay. 
We like you. Just like – True or false, this morning a woman called me the strong and silent type in our newsroom. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's all. I rest my case. Greg Rosenthal, regular John Wayne. A uh, first-timer to the newsroom, someone that's embedded in our newsroom? Someone you know. Tara Deeker? Um <laughs> – so that's that's the show to, for today. Well, uh, behind the glass, there he is, Irishman. What's up, bud? Nothing much. I'm thinking about we need to go out to karaoke to see what Greg really has going behind those pipes. Mm. Not much. Well, Greg's more. Yeah, do some Wu Tang, maybe. You don't have to like. You don't have to have a, a beautifully classically trained voice to have a great rock singer's voice, and that's what <laughs> Delaware was about. It was kind of a little grungy, a little, you know, kind of under. It was. It was almost. The very nature of alternative music was what what Delaware was. Well, also telling that the band never existed beyond the milieu of middle school. <laughs> Let's Possibly do some news. an issue with talent. That's what it means. <laughs> really. Well, agree to disagree. We don't typically do drops from uh, Anchorman um, in 2016. However, uh, that is something we will get into a little bit later, a Detroit Lions haymaker thrown uh, via social media at Greg Rosenthal haymaker. Uh, that we will get into a little bit later. That's called a tease in the business. But let's start. Mark's got the vapors over here. Oh, no, again? <laughs> no, I'm doing I'm done all right. Oh, no. You look a little pale, too. I, uh, you know, I'm like 20 minutes out of the dentist chair. This is a little bit bizarre. And you said you haven't eaten since last night, which is also bizarre. Par for the course. Uh, let's start with Melvin Gordon, the um, Chargers running back who um, not only had a tough uh, rookie season, but also began um, Spice Rack's descent into madness. So it's really <laughs> a notable player in NFL history. Um, a lot of people are thinking, you know, uh, the former first-round pick has a chance to bounce back in year two. However, uh, it was revealed on Tuesday that Gordon um, – Underwent microfracture knee surgery this offseason. This, according to Michael Gelkin of the Union Tribune in San Diego, he underwent the procedure in January and was given a recovery timetable of four to six months. Um, he does not anticipate being limited in practices. Believes he'll be ready for training camp. Hurt himself in a December 20th game, so his season was already going in a bad direction when this injury occurred. Uh, and then had this to say, I'm getting better, I'm getting better, I'm not where I want to be, but I think I'm ahead of schedule, I'm sprinting pretty well, I'm cutting Wes after a very tough first year where the word bust started to get thrown around. This is literally like one of the last things you want to hear about a young running back. Yeah, it is, and there are different degrees of microfracture. Some of them are very invasive and can alter a career, and others, as we've seen with guys like Marcus Colston, who's had several microfractures, and most recently, Travis Kelsey, it hasn't taken any speed or cutting ability away from Kelsey, who had it uh, after his rookie season. So it's hard to tell how this will affect Melvin Gordon in 2016 and going forward. Vontae's perfect, too. Yes. Added. I mean, but it's much more of a case-by-case, depending on the player's physical makeup, it seems, yeah, than other types of surgeries. Their GM, Tom Telesco, said – each one is different, and they're trying to make the case, and it was presented in this article that this was a very low-impact uh, surgery compared to other microfractures, although you always hear that. There's really no way to tell until they're on the field. But, yeah, what a, night- what a nightmare for This people. injury didn't really – wasn't the cause of his uh, disappointing rookie season. The injury happened December 20th, you know, very late in the season. So it, it, I think 
the cause of his rookie season was he hesitated at the line of scrimmage too often. You know, I think he got better at that, though. I went and watched for that running, redrafting the running backs. I don't think he was bad down the stretch at all. He wasn't un- amazing, but he was a good receiver. I don't think he was hesitant. That, that offensive line was so bad. He had so many negative five-yard runs where he had nothing that he could possibly do that I give him a little bit of a pass for that. I was hopeful he was going to get a lot better this year. On the plus side, he also had a couple instances where he'd blast off like a 20-yarder. You yeah, know? you could see the, the, the attributes that the Chargers were excited about occasionally. You could see the burst, and you could see the receiving ability, and you could see they didn't add any running backs this offseason, so that, that shows a little We're really just trying to you know, inc- encourage keep Spice Rack above, Spice Rack above re- water here. Redemption above, tour. Well, above ground. Because things were getting a little dark last time. Uh, just in case anyone's wondering, there, no decision has been made <laughs> about Spice Rock, whether he will be allowed back on the program after <laughs> uh, his unhinged performance last week. Uh, moving on, Julian Edelman, a Patriots wide receiver, really has become, um, you know, not counting Gronk, of course, um, Tom Brady's favorite target. And the guy delivers year after year. However... Injuries continue to haunt the uh, wideout. He recently underwent minor surgery, it was deemed. Uh, hey, it's always minor surgery when it's not you, right, guys? <clears throat> On his left foot to reinsert a screw from a pre- past procedure, a source informed of the situation told NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Edelman was spotted wearing a protective boot at uh, the Patriots facility on Wednesday. However, Greg... He is on track to return for training camp. There is absolutely nothing to worry about, is there? There is. They always say on track to return for training camp. I mean, that's there's no there's no rules based on injury reporting in the offseason. He broke the foot in November, right? Mm-hmm. He not good. Had a surgery then. Yep. They said after the season that he would not need a second surgery. Yeah. And here you are in May getting a second surgery. They they wish they did it four months ago. Clearly, the pain didn't go away. He's had uh, foot problems before. I believe he missed most of or or half the 2012 season with a foot injury. So, you know, you don't want your number one receiver with a foot injury. That's bad business. Storm clouds. The Patriots love these small receivers who do slants and crossing routes because they fit with what Tom Brady does. (laughs) But small wide receivers are also injury prone. This is the flute, how the flute keeps powering through. Let's not forget about Chris Hogan. Yes. Oh, he's a little it was big. already he's essentially a guy. he's already leading the league in Pro Bowl votes right now. You know, it sounds like they're just like <laughs> this guy's going to just go in and set he's it on almost, fire. I mean, it, he's like the ultimate test, really. Who said that? Well, no, I just feel that when it comes to Chris Hogan and I even stuff I've written cuz I trust the Patriots so much that when they, you know, stole him away from the Bills in quotes, <laughs> that it's like he's ticketed for the next, you know, shining possession receiver type role for them. And I love it because it will set Rex Ryan Rex Ryan's mind and body on fire he don't he won't know what to do with that area white on rocket ride to success he's a little more physical we aren't talking about rex <laughs> <laughs> they, they, he is the ultimate test though hogan if he becomes a 100 catch pro bowl guy literally the patriots can take any one of those types of right. guys uh, uh those scrappy guys and turn them into and a they'll star. probably have josh gordon a month from now mark once wrote that bill belichick could turn ann hathaway into a thousand yard running back is that true he can <laughs> Well, I'd worry got, about durability issues. And's got some moves. By the way, uh, you know, Saddle you're, you're stereotyping a little bit. Chris Hogan's got prototype size. I mean, he's a big 
receiver. He's an outside. Yeah, he's, he's an outside receiver. He is not the same as. A, I'm not saying he's a great he's bigger, player. You're right. You're right. He's not the same profile as Edelman and Amendola. He's like basically he's, Megatron when you compare. Physical. He's 225 pounds. He's not nearly as quick as, as no, Amendola. Exactly. That's what I mean. He's but to Chris's point, it's how they use receivers too. Now I'm not kidding. I could see them getting Josh Gordon 40, 50 days from now, and everything changes in New England. They do have some. <laughs> Mark's greatest fear. It's not a fear. Any I see it prominent happening. Brown leaves the team. It makes acrimony sense. and becomes a whole. It makes thing. sense for them, and it's it's going to happen. It would because it doesn't happen a lot. Because right now, you feel like you act like it happens all the time. There's not a lot of Chris what? Carter's. It's going to happen. If to uh, Greg's benefit, if take, Edelman yeah. missed Week One, their starting receivers are are what Hogan, Amendola, Amendola, and Malcolm Mitchell. What? <laughs> I don't know. With an untested quarterback with no experience behind center. They'll be running two wideout sets with Martellus Bennett. There you go. I can't wait to watch that game. Arizona. Three wideout sets. Mike Deion Lewis out wide. The Oakland – let's move on, guys. The Oakland Raiders, um, they're looking to get a new stadium, and you can't blame them. It's a dump up there. Uh, uh, What is it? What is the name of the facility? It's now the Oco Oco or something. Oco.co. It used to be Oakland Alameda. I can confirm from firsthand experience that it is – I mean, it's good if you're a Raiders fan and you just like chaos. Yeah. But as a visiting, <laughs> as a fan of a visiting in the team, year 2016, there is a baseball infield running through a football stadium. It's right. incredible. And I, you guys ever go to an A's game though? A yes, thoroughly pleasant experience. Love A's a, games. Like it's not a great stadium, but it was like, a lot of fun. I went there by myself. Get in for like on, six on a, bucks on a drive back to the East Coast. Were you in a strawberry truck? I was just by myself in a, uh, I think it was a ne- an old beat-up Nissan Central. Like, Sounds suspicious. Mid, mid-90s. Fun fact, there will never be a batting champion in Oakland because they have so much foul ground. It's not built for baseball or football. True. And they have a sewage break like every three years. <laughs> the whole place needs to be raised. Anyway, so Raiders owner Mark Davis, uh, he's poking around. He couldn't get to L.A. So now he's looking at Vegas, which is wildly intriguing um, as an idea. He met with the Southern Nevada Tourism Infrastructure Committee. Those guys know how to party. On April 28th <laughs> and pledged $500 million towards the construction of a $1.4 billion, 65,000-seat dome stadium. Um, you know, a lot now the the cynic or perhaps the person that knows how the, this type of business works, building stadiums and professional sports will say the, the Vegas is being played uh, for leverage as Al Davis tries to get a new facility, either where he is now in Oakland or maybe, uh, I don't know, San Diego, maybe L.A. However, the mayor of Vegas does not believe so. Carolyn Goodman had this this to say. Mark Davis has assured us that the La- that Las Vegas is not getting played in a Raiders stadium deal. I know we will have a team. There's a lot of buzz around this. Is this something that might actually happen? I don't know. I think so. I think it has a legit chance. When they made that last announcement and and pledged the money and if they can get the local support to to match it, like it it sounded like okay, this is this is a real possibility, and I don't know if it's snuck up on the NFL or not, but I think it's moved a little quicker than, than the NFL expected. But the NFL seems pretty open to it. I mean, the NFL has not shot it down, and Jerry Jones uh, today, or, or I believe Tuesday, said, you know, I think Vegas is one of the crown jewel communities in the U.S., and he is all for moving the team. <laughs> West doesn't agree with that. The worst city in the, in the entire country. <laughs> well, well, I think there are, there's legitimate concern of, 
of is there a local fan base and it's and definitely is there, is there a big media market because There's it's, an it's, ever a, it's a very small right it's a small media market it's kind of like concerts there if you're not a huge band don't don't do well because there's not a lot of people that just live there that are going to concerts. There's well, a two things. Though. I mean, number one, could you pick a better franchise for Las Vegas than the Raiders? And people from LA, which has a huge Raiders fan base, go to Vegas at the at, at the first notice on Friday. All oh, right, people going to Vegas drive right over. It couldn't be an easier drive, and you mm-hmm. can make it a whole weekend out of it. You've point. got a built-in West Coast fan base that could get there easily. And okay. I I will I'll give Mark Davis a little credit here too because this is like. This is totally something Papa would do because you know the NFL. Something Papa did. Oakland's seen this before. Al Davis asked for a stadium; oh, yeah. they wouldn't give it to him, so he went to L.A. The and but the idea specifically of Vegas, which is kind of a taboo type of market for any professional sports outfit, that the Raiders say, if you won't give us a place in L.A., we're going to the one city that gives you the most creeps, Vegas. Well, you know the, yeah, old, the creeps. like the old football movies where they couldn't get NFL licensing, so they'd have these wacky teams. Like any given Sunday, for instance, these insane teams from bizarre cities. The Vegas Raiders just feels like something Makes from a sense. video game or a movie that didn't get NFL licensing, but I could warm up to it. And everyone, you know, the number one thing you think about, okay, well, there's gambling there. That, that's a problem. Well, all the NFL tries to do is play more and more games in London, and everyone says, oh, we're going to move a team to London. Like, compared to... Compared to Vegas, well, maybe not compared to Vegas, but you know, sports betting could not be more popular and easier to do in London, and more just not worried about as as an evil of society. And they don't seem to have a problem with that. So why not? Maybe well, they're London a isn't lucky. a monument to humanity's worst instincts like okay. Las Vegas. <laughs> All I'm saying is the Vegas NF- is not as bad. If, if you've never, if you're from the UK, we have a sizable UK audience. That is Chris Wessling's opinion. I do not find Vegas to be that terrible a place. I will never go there again. I feel like after about two days there, I need like a shower and I got to get out of that. That's place. what it's for. It's not a place you go for a week. Anybody that wants to go to Vegas for the first time, you don't, Spice Rack don't lives go for there. a long time. Yeah, well, and we see what condition he was in last exactly time. Exactly right. Case study. <laughs> Wait, I thought you were in the pro spice camp. I see a lot of things to like Mark about Spice both sides Rack, of the but fence. no, but I would not say that moving to Vegas is something that Spice Rack is selling as an overall holistic move. He spice loves Rack, based on his appearance. Spice Rack in Vegas is like the documentary where the guy only eats fast food for a month and you see what happens to him. That's Spice oh. Rack's life in Vegas. Oh guys. Mentally, emotionally. Chris knows him. You know I bankrupt. He told me he loved it there. Before everything went to hell in our relationship, we were hanging out atop a, a roof uh, in Vegas uh, under the sun and you know, and by the pool. He said that that place sustained him in a great way. He loved it. Well, we're all rooting for him except probably one or two people. <laughs> you know, you're playing both sides of the fence like we're playing Go Get My Lunch. We're all rooting for him. Yeah, you know, you keep, throwing, you keep throwing these one or two people under the bus with some – very uh, shaky groundwork. The Stratler. Throwing it out there. Hey. Hey, by the way, Figure Chip, it out. Chip Kelly got um, uh, you know, canned in Philly. As we know, he ended up resurfacing with the 49ers. Um, he was known, of course, as the genius in many circles um, for his early work with Philly and the idea that he was revolutionizing the game. You didn't hear that as much as uh, the Eagles started to go into decline before he was let go. But now... The genius tag is back, at least according to Garrett Selleck, the tight end for the Niners, who described that the team's um, offense is much different in OTAs. It's a lot quicker, he said. 
We have hand signals. So you can't have 15 words through hand signals, something, stuff like that. It's got to be boom, boom, boom. So when you get less verbiage, it's, less, it's easier to remember. It's kind of genius. The genius is back. People buying in. Are you? No, of course. I never did. I was never in on the genius. It always felt like a, a media construct that he was somebody that was going to see that see something no one else could see. He was just another failed college coach. Well, for any, to it. Well, any new listeners, you famously and sarcastically, every time he came up, did call him the genius. Mm. I did. We had a hallelujah drop or something that happened every <laughs> Yeah, we were looking for that drop, uh, me and the Irishman, before the show, but it seems to be lost to history. Our, our good friend and, and hero, Colleen Wolf, I believe today, said that she would blow her brains out if anyone <laughs> yeah. calls Chip a genius. That was a Again, private which, text, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just, not anymore. <laughs> it seems unfortunate. It seems unfortunate for her to do that in the same week she's hosting HQ again on Friday. So. She's, I would, yeah, she's yeah. doing a great job on the network side. I would like to range a, a head-to-head sit-down between Garrett Selleck and Heath Evans and just see <laughs> Heath froth at the mouth when uh, G- when Garrett mentions that Chip Kelly is a genius. Mm. Well, how about the fact – okay, Garrett Selleck, his brother, played for, for Chip Kelly, so the family likes him. I think Brent Selleck's been public liking him. And you're you're knocking him like, oh, he, you know, he's, he, he was a failed ex-college coach. He, ha- he was 10-6 and – Two ten and sixes and one seven and nine. So he has a winning record as an NFL head coach. He came in with offensive reputation. They finished second in yards, fifth in yards, top four in points. Two out of the three years. I mean, it's not like he was a failed coach. Well, he, he was a middle of the road. Okay. a little better than middle of the road if you want to be critical. He was a failed personnel guy. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, and the team suffered. And and it should be noted that it's not just strategy. A lot of the teams seem to despise the guy as well, something that probably is going to continue in San Francisco and, frankly, wherever he goes. Um, so he needs to change a lot of his ways. Take a page out of the Tom Coughlin book who learned how to get players to not hate him so much. That seems to be his biggest challenge. Uh, step away from the personnel side. Just focus on strategy and get people not to think you're well, such a but douche. To, and to be fair, I mean, that a lot of coaches in their first job, that's probably more of the – the, the area to learn and grow in than the strategy. I don't think that there's anyone that questions that Chip Kelly can't put together a, a comprehensively intriguing offense. He can. But it was his defensive players who were out in the field for more than any other defense in the league that struggled with that concept. And, you know, people thought that Bill Belichick, after he uh, left Cleveland, was removed from Cleveland, and then didn't take that Jets job. Mm-hmm. The, I'll never forget, we both lived on the East Coast. He did take the job. It, well, he took it, but what happened over that 24-hour period, people thought Bill Belichick, if you listen to FAN, Mike and the Mad Dog, that Bill Belichick was a nutbag. They just thought that he had completely melted down and lost it as a human being, and he was viewed as someone that was anti-player, that players didn't like. So the question is, can Chip Kelly fix that part of his game? Bill Belichick also resigned on a cocktail napkin. It was crazy, and I will never <laughs> forgive you, Bill. Well, it worked out all right for him. Chip Whatever. is going to have to be a genius, though. So even if he does learn how to deal with his players better and be a – leader as a coach better his wide receivers are still Torrey Smith Quinton Patton Bruce Ellington and some undrafted guys we we don't really know and his quarterback is either Blaine Gabbard or Colin Kaepernick I mean that is the the weakest quarterback wide receiver group in the league one question for the scientists and Dan you can chime in here too is Selleck concerned about you know getting pushed by fifth string tight end Jerron Hamm 
Oh, that is a that's maybe. You got to get question. some good press out there, and you got to say some nice things about your coach. Hambone. I've got nothing to say about the 49ers tight ends or anything else about their offense. Thank you. So let's move on. That's what's happening in the news. Um, and now what you've all been late waiting for. Again, turn off the podcast if you're not interested in the NFC North. Such a bad boy, Dan, when you break out those <laughs> words. <laughs> because the now. Naughty. I mean, talk about jumping up on the masculinity rankings. Wow. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, now we have masculinity, masculinity rates. Oh, this no. is getting hard to track. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, now it's time to talk about the NFC North. And Greg Rosenthal, um, a lot of people, sometimes I think it's easy for this group to forget about it because uh, we work with Greg on a day-to-day basis. But uh, Greg, the Roto World founder, brick by brick. That's not true. Uh, both in terms of HTML and also just physically built the building where mm-hmm. uh, the young Roto World scribes. Wow. That's high would, up in the masculinity rank. Physically building the building. Would craft their blurbs. Um, guy knows knows his stuff. Greg, the Can't boss. That's why he got the name of the boss. That's why he is the boss. And he went through each of the teams in the NFC North and uh, broke down the rosters uh, and – We'll start with the drama here because after it was posted on the Around the NFL Twitter account, which you could follow us at Around the NFL. I hope you're following us by now. Um, Greg, uh, it was posted, it was linked out, and what happened was the Chicago Bears, Greg, very complimentary towards the Bears roster, immediately respond uh, to Greg and the world with a uh, gif or gif, depending on what you want to call it, of Tom Cruise from Top Gun. Uh, putting on his sunglasses and smiling. So they were pleased with what Greg wrote about the Bears. The Lions, however, not so much. The Lions, um, they follow up with a, um, a gif of Ron Burgundy. Do we still have that, um, Brandon? Yes, sir. That's what it means. <laughs> really. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> they they said that, you know, listen, Greg's got a problem. And then Eric Ebron of the Lions uh, follows in and quote retweets Greg's tweet that said the Lions roster looks worse the more you look at it. And then Ebron writes, Twitter is to voice your opinions. We will make you eat those ones you choose. Greg, let's start there then. Before we get into the Bears, let's get into the Lions. First of all, your heat with Eric Ebron, former first-round pick, tight end. Address it. <laughs> no heat. No heat. I did enjoy so you think. Well, that's true. Uh, I did enjoy the immediate tweet back to him that said you're better at tweeting than you are at catching passes. Wow. But that was not – Did you write that? No, I did not. I I did. (laughs) He did not either. It's aggressive. Uh, But, no, I thought Ebron, if he's going to – you know, I like – he's sticking up for his roster. He did it in a a – relatively professional, respectful way. He wasn't coming at me. The The tweet that really annoyed the, the Lions and got them going said the Lions roster is worse the more you look at it. Because you think about the Lions and you think, wow, okay, they got some big-name players on offense uh, with Stafford and Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. Not bad, and Ebron's all right. They have some big-time players on defense, Ansa, Levy if he's healthy, Darius Slay. But when you, when you start looking past that a little bit, th- some of their positions – are terrible. And I think if you go through their position groups, tell me the position group on the Lions that's better than average. Because their receivers fall off an absolute cliff after their two solid starters. Oof. Uh, Abdullah and Riddick is not a, bo- a above average running back group. And then when you get to defense, 
Devin Taylor, who's never been a starter, is a starter. They have no depth behind him whatsoever. Nevin Lawson is their number two cornerback and nothing behind him. Uh, safety, they're hoping either Raphael Bush or a fourth-round pick is going to start there. They just have big-time holes, like craters where they may be among the league worst <laughs> like at their positions. Nevin Lawson sounds like a butler. Right. And that's their number two cornerback. With all due respect, you mentioned the wide receiver core is weak after 1-2. Um, Jeremy Curley is literally the one player John Idzik ever gave a contract to with the Jets. So that has to stand for something, right? Then as soon as he gave him that contract, the Jets <laughs> couldn't, couldn't wait to replace him. I used to love, yeah. like Curley, so maybe he could make a comeback, but he did not look like himself the last Your time. point is well taken. There is no above-average position group on this roster. And I know Lions fans are hanging on Matthew Stafford's improvement down the stretch under Cooter time. But this, I mean, <laughs> Matthew Stafford is the most unpredictable quarterback in the NFL. On who top kn- of it. Who knows which version you're going to get next year. Yeah, and I, I I, think it's a stretch to say that it's easy to believe in Jim Caldwell's ability to take what they have and make so much more out of it. That didn't happen last year. And, I, it, I mean, it's just systematic on Twitter that you go do research. I think what you tweeted, anyone that's been doing the homework says, yeah, he's right. The Bears have improved. The Lions are, you know, potentially dirt nap material. <laughs> and then you got these team Twitter sites, which could not be more tedious with their gift thing. I mean, <laughs> that's the dating to back to last season, yeah. it is one of the most ponderous <laughs> trends that we must deal with with our eyeballs staring at Twitter is every single team site attacking each other or anyone that doesn't fall in line with their mantra and going after them with these clips. Enough. <laughs> no one no one else thinks it's funny how much Mark cares about the team sites and the GIFs? Well, I do. I do. Absolutely. They I are annoying. Funny. I thought I sensed from you too, uh, Wes, as uh, Dan is giving the GIF recap. I mean, you're not a big fan of the, the GIFs. In general, from the teams, this trend. I think you're you're on you're on Mark's side. I, on this. I'm on Mark's side. Mark is like, if you're not, I don't Mark know who you a, are. Mark has a visceral visceral reaction to it. I just think it's kind of laughable. It is highly smarmy, and it is very <laughs> infrequently edgy or funny. There was actually another. The Lions actually double gifted me. Yeah, the rare move. It. They also did a did one where an old Batman is scratching his chin. Batman cartoon. That's the one I saw. It's I, a you know what it is too. Ultimately, <laughs> it's a shortcut. It's and it's gotten to the point where now Twitter actually offers thousands of gifs for people to choose from. Instead of having to come up with something cutting or witty or just expressing yourself through word, you just throw up a shot of a 1960s Batman cartoon stroking his chin. Bingo! And Bingo. you just earn your paycheck. Let's go. Get, let's go to the huddle and get a get a muffin. It's a good it job. Is plainly annoying. <laughs> it's, it's because. The purpose isn't to communicate. The purpose is to play a game in which you're keeping track of how many retweets you can get. Sometimes they're funny, though. They did get a lot, though. Sometimes. They did get a lot. And to your point, Dan. Yes. Okay. Now, you're right. The GIF, sometimes it's a, it's a short. Like you just pointed to Estelle Getty putting on sunglasses. That's funny at all times. <laughs> I love Golden Girls. <laughs> that, that one was funny. But okay. you're pointing out the GIF, you know, it's, it's kind of easy. They got, you know, 500 retweets off of this, blah, blah, blah. Why couldn't they come up with something clever? Because I'll accept it if it's clever. And you know what? Carol Shelby, a, a Lions fan, quickly came up with something clever. I say the Lions roster looks worse the more you look at it. He responds kind of like your sideburns. I like that. That's good. That's solid. I mean, it's a man named Carol, huh? That's his problem. Um, but anyway, let me just say, let's get back to the roster a second. And 
Here, I will now make the case for the Lions offense. Okay. Matthew Stafford, 28 years old, now has become an Iron Man, sneaky Iron Man out of nowhere the last five years. Uh, you know, had a 5,000-yard season. Okay, Megatron was there. But we all know his talent uh, that exists. Amir Abdullah. So he's like the 13th best quarterback. Okay. He's a little better. Okay, than maybe that. he could flex up the top 10, 11. Okay. Amir Abdullah, we know the talent that he has. If he puts it together, he could be a game-changing type playmaker. Golden Tate, we know that he's a stud. Marvin Jones, I like that signing more than other people. I think he could be a really good number two. TJ Jones, don't know a ton about. Eric <laughs> Ebron, two years ago, was supposed to be the best young tight end in the draft class. It has not come together, together for young Eric yet, but maybe with Megatron out of the picture, they find a role for him, and he starts catching the ball. There are some players here that He made some plays last year. He makes right mistakes, direction. but he makes some plays, Ebron. The only thing about that entire screed in which I actually believed – yeah. Was that Amir Abdullah can become a good running back? You don't believe Golden Tate's a great no? I don't believe receiver? he's a stud. No, he's really. A, I he's like a Golden. borderline number two, number one. He's a really good number two. I look those starters. I don't have a huge problem with their skill position players in general. Although the the cliff at wide receiver is massive, it's more the the lines. Uh, that this used to be a strength for their team. Now you, now you're drafting a first round pick. We'll see if the offensive line is good, but at defensive end. It, it's Ansa and nothing at defensive tackle. It's a bunch of guys who are probably league average or solid uh, at linebacker and, and safety and cornerback. It's just a very thin team. You can th- see a lot of teams. Score the only thing points. that I'll s- I totally agree on paper, but it was last year at this time that we were looking at like Carolina's offense and saying, or sure. once the Kelvin Benjamin injury happened, they're done. This thing is going to be cooked. And then you look at what Cam Newton produced last season. Not a single person saw that coming. A lot can change. But a lot, some of these players absolutely. we don't know about can develop. My whole thing with the Lions, of course they could win seven or eight games. Mm. But my point is that they're going to have to overachieve a little bit to win seven or eight games. And that the, the ceiling for them is pretty low. And, and to me, they look more like a six-win, five or six-win type of team. And to Greg's point, the Panthers build through their lines. Yeah. I mean, their strength is their front seven and, the, and a pretty good offensive line. And the Lions, that's their biggest weakness. They, they've tried. I mean, they have Warford, Tomlinson, Decker. Those are those are three guys they took pretty high. So th- there's potential for the offensive line to be to be good if those guys all, all play to their to their best. And now let's turn our focus to the other team we're going to talk about today. And um, uh, it is the Chicago Bears because to you, Greg, as you were putting together uh, this, this piece on NFL.com, uh, you saw the Bears as almost like the what, what would you call it the double negative, uh, or the team that's the opposite of the inverse. What the, the inverse of what the Lions are right now, a team that the more you look at the Lions, the worse they look. The Bears, it's the opposite. Well, Wes has been honking about this this for a while, and the more I thought about, it, the more he's right. I mean, I'm putting together their starting lineups. I did not include Leonard Floyd, their number one pick. Yet, because that hubba, hubba. that position is deep, Lamar Houston and Pernell McPhee. I didn't include their third round pick, who they, who they like a lot, who's going to get involved. They're the opposite of the Lions in that I think they have a lot of depth at a lot of positions where they can survive an injury, where they can rotate their defensive line. Now they have Trevathan and Jarrell Freeman. They have a bad secondary. I'm not. Yeah, that, I was going to ask you. That's the weakness. Not, I mean, they're not a perfect. They're not a perfect team. It's a bunch a ba- of guys. It, it's a bad secondary. You got to love that one, two, three wide receiver combination. Just Don't sleep going on, on Harold Jones Corley at safety day. <laughs> I sometimes do sleep on him. Yeah, that was Forty. that was the one. That's why I like doing these exercises just to find out about these teams. And that was someone I barely knew existed, and and is I've apparently the, the it, slight favorite to start at, at uh, quite at an athlete. 
I think um, in another life, I was playing stickball in Queens in the 1930s, and Eddie Goldman was my teammate. <laughs> He's a good player, though. That's a good example. You like him. You That's like a him. good Last example year. of Post what tackle. the Bears are doing well, that he's a young, ascending player you could see getting better. You mentioned their secondary as the fatal flaw. I look at their offensive line, and it would not surprise me if it ends up being the worst in the entire league. Whoa. Really? Yes. Kyle Long is a Pro Bowl player. The other four, tell me what's – Tell me what's not awful about them. Well, well Cody Whitehair, we don't know. He's a rookie. They, they draft, right. They, so you got a rookie offensive lineman. How often does that turn out to be a good thing? They signed a couple veterans that have played a lot. Uh, Manny Ramirez, Ted Lawson, to get a little they bit. They signed a bunch Lino of veterans was, that other teams didn't want. I mean, Bobby Massey. got rid of. Yeah, Bobby Massey, Charles. Hieronymus Grisou has to face competition for his center job this year. This offensive line, Charles Leno is your left tackle. That's the worst left tackle in the NFL. Yeah, Conan, I think I'm going to keep the job, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a con- that's, this could that's be a, concern. A, a brutal offensive line. Yeah, it's not a perfect team. I was more excited about the defense and the fact that they overachieved last year. But you're right. Basically, Wes is taking your entire like sky high level of enthusiasm and setting it up. No, Wes, I think, and I are on the total same page. I don't see them much different than the Lions. I, I like just their wide receiver core in front seven. There's nothing else about the Bears I like, Lions. especially their quarterback, who's a competitive disadvantage. Well, that's where I like their defensive coordinator. That's where we disagree. Well, not the defensive coordinator. You I'm with st- you on fan. You stand uh, throughout history on the side of Jay Cutler and see who's right in the end. Do we feel like, I He's mean. just lo- okay. That's all I'm saying. He's you, okay. You lose Adam Gase. I, I think that, that he helped a lot of those players overachieve last year, and, and I'm not a huge Dowell Loggins guy, so let's see how that works. Coordinator corner with Mark Seth. No, I just, you know what? Staining your voice. Dowell Loggins. Well, you Dowell Loggins. Him. I, you know what? I'm not going to take up 10 minutes of the show, but he's got a few <laughs> would, uh, issues on his resume if you want to look at his time in Cleveland. I would love to hear <laughs> Mark Sessler 10 minutes on Dowell Loggins. Like, that might be the best 10 minutes of the show since you – Coming up with 32 words to describe the Cowboys' defense. One thing about Loggins, if you're trying to keep Cutler happy, and it seemed like he was last year, they are buds. They're very tight. And when Loggins was in Tennessee, there was all that rumbling about them wanting to trade for Cutler and run their what they have now, which is a smash-mouth, beat-you-up offense, the myth of all myths until we see it. But Cutler and Loggins, they're tight. Cutler played well last year. Like, Cutler was a better no, quarterback. No, he played very mediocre, and everyone acted like it was well because you, it's Jay Cutler, and the expectations are so freaking low that if he has a decent season where the passer rating is almost to Brian Hoyer level, it's, then it's a good season for Jay Cutler. Give me a break. Hey, and <laughs> passer rating was 92. And, Andrew Luck. Yeah, wish same above as Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Andrew Luck. The league average, the way, league the average was average. like 89. No, the league average was 91.8, I believe. So can you make the argument that he's an average or maybe a exactly. tick above average quarterback? He's an average quarterback. But not a team destroyer. Well, he's a coach destroyer. Look at his history. What is the quarterback? I mean, now it's if it's 90 or whatever for the average. When we were growing up, Wes and I back like in the 70, Kennedy administration. 75. Yeah, I mean, it was much, much lower. I, I don't see these two teams as different. I'm just, I know you're going to come at us with an age uh. shot, so I cut you off at the pass. <laughs> we're not nearly that, that old. Got to get some food in Mark's belly. Yeah, it is. I mean, it does come up a lot, though, just the generation divide between the cousins. Which is absurd because we're, you, we're, you guys are like five That's years slick. younger than us. Dan <laughs> has more gray hair than all of us put together. It I'm not, pops I'm not up, though. This. It pops up. I mean, you played Stratomatic. That was, you know, a little before our time. That was kind of the cutoff, the old Stratomatic. An intellectual that, game for young people. My, my whole oh, thing, you, by the way. you imagine that? Young that baby boomers. <laughs> like Wes and Mark. <laughs> 
Mark does have a Stratomatic uh, long form coming up yeah, later that was, this summer. I was trying well, to we'll set see. Up. Let's was, see if it happens. I was trying to set him up to a little. A little. Talk about a metrics gold mine. How will the team <laughs> sites re- respond to that? They'll have to go look up to figure out what it is first. Was this like a, a subversive exercise to stick it to the team sites? No. That would be cool weird. If it was. I would <laughs> like to come up. I'll come up move. with a few of those. That would be a lot of work for a little response. Wow. Um, well, we look forward to it. And we'll wow. definitely talk about it on the podcast when it lands, Mark's uh, I- I'm excited. stratomatic banger. Um, any final thoughts about um, – we don't really have time to get into the other teams in the NFC North, but oh, there I will did. be plenty of we time. Packers fans are very unhappy we'll, with yeah. We'll talk to them. Hang in there, guys. Let's talk to about them whining. next time. I do have a final thought. Yes. My, my thought is, is not that these two teams are – so different. It's that the Bears feel like a team that is ascending. And if I was a fan of, I think there are some things to get excited about. The Lions feel like an in-between team that has a new GM and a head coach. I think they're set up to underperform a little bit. These are both five to eight win teams. I just think the Lions are going to be lower. And then they're going to have a new coach again next year. And then they're changing it all again. Like, I just don't see this Quinn Caldwell Cooter thing lasting forever. We did. We I mean, we talked about this earlier in the week, or was it last week? I don't last remember. Last week when they missed their window. The window that was never really open in the first place closed, and now you lost a generation of talent. It was open. Well, it was the window it for did. the six the refs, wild card The refs team, banged you know? them the year that it was open. That's how you end up on the pain rankings. You're one of those teams that you never get your window uh, properly propped open, and now it's closed. And, and somehow they talk themselves into keeping Jim Caldwell. I mean, the, you know, it just seems like this is an organization in transition, whether they know it or not. One huge bonus about what we've just done here and this is a good management by Greg and it's a plus management because you know Kevin Patrick could not be there's multiple you know I am tweets about how upset he is that the Lions get overlooked blah 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 and he's right but we've settled him down he's back in a good mood he doesn't even know why yet <laughs> that we Patrick just found love that too. we just buried his team without asking him to talk about it too. Well, we mentioned them. We didn't say it was going to be. It's going to be honest. He's he bi- said he agrees with you. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's, I, the, he's I the talk, number one critic. I talked to him separately. You know, before I wrote wrote any of this kind of smart, stuff. smart move. We <laughs> got to get K management on the show. day for Greg. <laughs> yeah, I give you a, a pre-grade show of A minus for your management, and you exceeded it. Wow, that's the <laughs> that's the highest compliment you've ever given to me for my management. We gotta get, we gotta get Patrick on the show because Patrick, who is the only the one. salt of the earth as they come, and a good guy and a good salty fo- of the earth, <laughs> salty of the earth, and a good football <laughs> writer, um, he's found love, as everyone oh, yeah. that follows him on Facebook can attest, based on his profile pic, him and his little ladybug in an embrace. On a beach somewhere. And if you read what <laughs> she not see has that to write. No, and she seems delightful. And what she has to write is she's plugged in, completely tuned in to Patra's crankiness, and she's on board. I mean, she's made multiple mentions of it. Am I wrong? Like, I thought that's just how everyone from, I have a lot of, like, from connection De- with Detroit her right is. Now. I've never met her. What is she? No, on Facebook, when she's, when she's described an outing with Patra or a photo, and Patra in the photo, she's very happy, and he's got this, like, he's just got a Patra look, and yeah. she very, uh, she's, she seems to be on for the entire Patra experience. I just I, love this crusty snuggle bug. I gave myself a Facebook suspension until Donald Trump is out of our lives. Oh, it might take eight years. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. All right. Poor <clears throat> What a depressing note to end on. Yeah, we will be back uh, tomorrow. Three shows this week uh, where we will talk about something. Uh, it's not clear. Actually, no, we did have an idea what we wanted. Oh, we're going to talk about the Dalton scale tomorrow. We are? Okay. We are. Again. So get your thinking caps on. Uh, the annual Dalton scale discussion will take place tomorrow where we kind of figure out where 
some of the 10 to 20 area quarterbacks oh, we need rank to, in We the need NFL. to officially rename the Dalton scale because we have we'll figure that Andy out Dalton has. Uh, I think it's Dalton scale in perpetuity. Wow. Well, D- Wes disagrees, so we'll have to discuss. We'll I mean, they don't, they don't call the Mendoza line something else now. Well, Alex Smith's scale was getting some heat. The Tana scale. Tana scale is great. Great ring to it. Anyway. Okay, so we'll be talking about that on Thursday's show. So thank you for listening. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. Get some food in that belly, snuggle bug. The mailman, the boss, <laughs> an Irish behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.